0: The following is a sermon from Faith Troy, a church located in Troy, Michigan. For more information and more audio and video content, go to www.faithtroy.org. I hope that uh, this is the fifth week, but out of the four weeks prior, and as this is the fifth, that as we go through the book of James, I hope that you have found this to be kind of a, a practical hands-on kind of experience that um, you got some things out of it that you could actually do because if you remember James chapter 1 verse 22 started with these words don't merely listen to the word I didn't include the, the 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 part in between don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves but but actually do what it says See, my hope is that if you're a follower of Jesus, that you understand that when we actually do things, because here's God's want for us, when we actually do the things that God's word says, it actually grows our faith. It actually helps us strengthen our faith. And so that's what the book of James is getting at, that he wants us to be doers of the word. Why? Because he knows he knows that's what God would want us, and that's would want us to do what's best for us. So as James concludes in, in, in chapter five. And you can get open up your Bibles there. By the way, James chapter five, verses uh, not verses. I'm going to preach on one verse actually, but page 1,885. Uh, as James concludes his letter, he really wants those Jewish Christians that are kind of scattered because of the persecution. Now, if you can imagine the Mediterranean Sea, kind of looks like this, right? All all the countries around it. He's writing this this letter to to them. And he's saying, you know what? I want you to build healthy habits. I want you to do these things that God's word says. Because when it happens that way, then actually God's kingdom actually grows. The the, the good news is actually spread, that people aren't just hearing, but they're actually seeing Christians do these things because it's what God would want. It's best for us. And so as you open up the Bible, I'm just going to kind of, I'll say it this way. Um, James, I don't think, really knows how to conclude. (laughs) I know us pastors, sometimes we don't complete And then in closing, you know, I, I, I get that, but, but his letter is kind of scattered in chapter 5 because he gives some, I'll just give you some highlights, right? The very beginning, it's kind of all over the place. He's warning those that are rich, don't, don't lay up treasures on earth, but, you know, instead store up treasures in heaven. And then he encourages patience while we undergo suffering because we are waiting for Jesus who can return at any time. kind of good for us to understand that. though, right? Jesus can come at any time. You know, it'd be awesome that he comes right now. I mean, I'm ready. it would be great. I know some people, though, then we think about, oh, but he can come at any time. And are we ready for that? Then he instructs people. These are the do things. You know, I want you to, to pray, and I want you to praise when you're in trouble. Call the elders of the church. Call the pastors when you're sick. And then verse 16 really is the kind of nugget that I want to focus on today, okay? It's just one verse. Verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I want us to understand a little bit about that word in that verse called confess and talk about confession and how God really wants us to do it because it's best for us. And then, when I mention that topic of confession, we might have certain images that come to mind. We might not have a very positive uh, idea about that. Why? Well, let's just be honest right up front, okay, can we? We don't like to fess up. We don't. We don't want to say, yep, it was me that stole something, that spoke badly about someone, that, that uh, did whatever. You, you fill in the blank because it puts a pit in our stomach, doesn't it? When we get caught actually doing something, we naturally want to say no. We want to deny. We want to run. We want to hide. We want to cover it up. That's our first reaction. I mean, We want to say that we go crazy crazy. Uh, you know, at sporting events, more than I do in worship. You know, that's a little bit right. He hits close to home. You know, the hallelujah. You know, why can't I be raising my hands like this and get excited like I go crazy for, you know, what my favorite sport is? Yeah, so why can't I do that? Well, that's just me, okay? So I get it. But we have all kinds of things that we feel badly about. And we just want to run from, you know, we come on a Sunday morning, we just like, I'm going to put on my happy church face, you know, and I'm going to hide all my imperfections in, our, in my sin. I mean, that's, that's what we do. But in the book of James, verse 16, he's saying that God doesn't want us to do that with our sin. He doesn't. He, don't, he also speaks to other writers of the Bible that talk about confess, confession. Those of you that come out of a, a different Christian background, you might think of this uh, when, when you hear about confession, you know what that is. It's a confessional booth. It's when you speak to a person, kind of like in a small closet-like room, and a screen that's between of you, between the both of you. But in my day in the seventies, it was kind of we had face-to-face confession. It was crazy having to divulge things that you feel uncomfortable talking about. At the same time, God's Word said confession's really good for us. It, it brings healing and restoration. So how do we do this, you know? Do we do it like that? How we, how, how, is it, how is it done? If we think about confession, you know, we might think, if I confess to the one I sinned against, they're going to blow up and get mad at me. Yeah, probably. That might happen. Or you might think, you know, if I say something to someone, they might go gossip and tell others, let's face it, That happens, but at the same time, God's word is saying, confess your sins to one another, pray for each other so that you may be healed. That's what James is telling us. And so when I think of confession, I kind of think of this movie that I watched just recently for the second time. It's called In the Heart of the Sea. Anybody watch that movie, In the Heart of the Sea 1? In the Heart of the Sea? Not many of you. Oh, that's good. And then you get to see parts of the clips of this movie that I'm going to share with you. But one of its themes is actually centered around confession, The filmmaker is Ron Howard and he's implying that one of the main characters needed to confess to this writer Herman Melville who wrote Moby Dick because that confession actually was about the book, Moby Dick. And so we're going to see little clips of that, and you're going to see how this character in that movie needed to confess because he's struggling. His soul is torn up about it almost the majority of his life, so much so that all he could do was kind of dull his pain by, by alcohol. And so this first scene that you're going to see is Herman Melville asking this guy who's older now, tell me the story when you were much younger. What happened on that sea voyage with this giant whale and how they survived? I believe it do you good to talk. No that hit home for any of you we don't like to confess we want to run and hide and cover up just like adam and eve did in the garden of eden and when we try to hide it when we try not to speak about it well really negative consequences come scripture tells us what happens emotionally even physically with that psalm 32 says this from god's word when i kept silent my bones wasted away Through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Wouldn't you agree that when you don't confess, it takes a toll on you emotionally and physically? I I love how God pinpoints that when Adam and Eve have their children. You should see how God, I mean, you'll see it in, in Genesis chapter four, verses six and seven. Look how he says to Cain, why are you angry? Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, and it desires to have you. That's really not what, that's what not admitting to God and to other people does to a person. The sin, the guilt, the shame, it's all bottled up. The stress is all bottled up. You see it happening to that character in that movie. Maybe you've witnessed it to someone close to you in your life. Maybe it was even yourself you know it's kind of like this whether you realize it or not from birth from birth we've actually been taking a not confessing pill you didn't know you were taking that did you but yeah you're taking a not confessing pill. oh you think it might work and I think it might work because it does temporarily relieve pain by not confessing but then as you think about those commercials on television you want to take this pill because it's going to help you with this but then guess what you can't read what's on the bottom of that maybe necessarily, but I'll, I'll, I'll read for you what happens. Here are the side effects. What can happen if you take this pill, the not confessing pill? You can become easily agitated, frustrated, and moody, feeling overwhelmed, having difficulty relaxing, quieting your mind, avoiding others, feeling bad about yourself, low self-esteem, worthlessness, depression. That's emotional. Then we have physical. Low energy, headaches, insomnia, upset stomach, including diarrhea, constipation, nausea, aches, pains, tense muscles, chest pain, rapid heartbeat, loss of sexual desire and uh, ability, nervousness, shaking, clenched jaw, grinding teeth. I mean, all kinds of stuff. That's physical. Cognitively, in your mind, constant worrying, racing thoughts, forgetfulness, inability to focus, being pessimistic. Is that enough? Side effects? Yikes! It's kind of like watching that, right? Commercial. Do I really want to take this pill? No. Nope. God saying no either. You know, God says, our loving God who says confession is to be part of our lives. It's good for us because it makes us healthy and it's healing. That's what James says. It's healing. So knowing that, just like we started with the book of James, right? Knowing that, listening to that, understanding that is one thing. Actually doing it, well, that's another, isn't it? That's really the next step. Because if you think about confession, it really has two kind of, um, directions two directions, there's an upward part that, that kind of cleanses between you and God and then there's an outward part this, this kind of confession to one another that brings really connection so many of you I know grew up in the same kind of Christian denomination I did and you kind of recoil when you think about making confession to another person and maybe you say, have said something like this like I did why well, do I need to confess to anyone I can confess directly to God true 100 percent true and continue doing that because that's what the bible says but also the bible says another thing because that's one-dimensional you between you and god cleansing wise but then also confess your sins to one another well i think god has that in his book we're gonna talk about that in a minute but first the upward confession part okay the kind of confession that brings cleansing. Anytime that you see the Psalms or somewhere in the New Testament where where a person's confessing to God, you kind of hear also about this cleansing. 1 John 1 verse 9 says it this way, but even before verse 9 it says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And then verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful. He's just He'll forgive ourselves, forgive our sins, and then what? Cleanse. Cleanse from all unrighteous. That's what God wants to happen for us. The cleansing part. He's not going to shame us. He's not going to unleash consequences. He's not going to be angry. He yearns for our confession. That's what he wants. And he reminds us with that comes a new start, a new beginning. I mean, think about it. When you're out playing some sport or you're out in the yard or you're doing some construction, you get sweaty, you get dirty, you get smelly. What's the first thing you want to do when you get home? I wanna take a shower? I want to wash it all off. I want to be clean. The word confession in the Greek actually is called homologeo. And it's a compound word. Just like hallelujah in the Hebrew, you're learning a lot of Hebrew and Greek today. Homologeo is, is, logeo means to say, to speak. Homo, it means the, the same. So that word confession means to speak the same thing, to say the same thing as God says. Really, it's agreeing with God in what he says. And so when you're making a confession, you're saying, you know what, God? Here's what you say about morality, and I agree with that. Here's what you say about honesty, and I agree with that. Here's what you say about marriage, I agree with that. Here's what you say about adultery, I agree with that. And we'll go on down the line about stealing and murder, et cetera, the Ten Commandments. But it's also more than that. And when you make that confession, you not only agree with God, but then you say to him, you know what, I agree with that, and I have failed to do that. I have failed to do the things you've called me to do and the things I've left undone, I, the things I should do, I, I didn't. Those sins of omission and commission. So upward confession is really coming clean with God. It's having a, just an honest and open conversation with God because he knows it already, doesn't he? He knows it. Why are we trying to hide it? And so it's like King David. You remember? I remember so well sitting at the dining room table around my, my house when my kids were little. I'm like, okay, everybody. They didn't even open up their Bibles, you know, because they were just memorizing. And they had Psalm 51 down, and they just memorized it, just like King David. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great uh, compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away, wash, cleanse me. Wash away all my name, cleanse me from my sin, for I know against you, and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you're proved right when you speak and justified When you're judged, the psalmist says. David's here, he's waving a white flag. I give up, God. I'm done. I surrender. No more lies, no more cover ups, no more trying to hide my sin. That's the upward cleansing part. And I realize as we talk about this, that's really important for us to do that when we come to church. And we do that maybe parts of the psalm. I'm gonna give you an opportunity right now, in the quietness of your hearts an open conversation with God. Would you close your eyes, bow your heads, and do this? Would you do this? Because I know that we're in, in different seasons of life. All of us have a different journey and walk with God. Some of you come in this place and you, you're battling with God right now. Some of you that come into this place, maybe you're in a wrong relationship and something's gnawing at you. There's so much going on with us. Sometimes we're just joyful and thinking, thank God, Lord, protect me. But, but, but can we agree with God that we've failed to do things this past week that he's called us to do, and we've done the things that he wouldn't want us to do. Take some moments to say, I'm sorry, and you don't want to do it again. I want you to look up for a moment on the screen because here's the the, the fruit of confession. Here's what the psalmist says from verse 5 of of Psalm 32. Then I acknowledged my sin to you, did not cover up my, my iniquity. I said, I will confess, my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the guilt of my sin. If you were here last week, you heard Pastor RJ say, he's a God who gives more grace and more grace daily. It's a privilege that I get to to say to you that as you make that confession to God, your sins are truly forgiven because of what Jesus did on the cross and because of his resurrection, amen? As far as the east is from the west so far, has he removed your sin from you? Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? Do you see why we do confession? Do you see why? Because God knows that's what's best for us. Because the, the, the book of Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, Whoever conceals their sin does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds what? Mercy. Mercy and grace, and peace, and forgiveness. Acts three nineteen. repent then, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, so that times of cleansing or refreshing may come from who? From the Lord, because that's what the Lord wants to do and has done for you, praise God, and for me. And I want you to think about this, this confessing and this repenting. It really, we might think that we're doing it, But truly, it's by the power of God's word and his Holy Spirit that works with that word to cause us to say, I believe this, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to confess it, and I'm going to receive in faith what you give to me, God. Thank you. Thank you for sending your son to die for all my sins, to live a perfect life. Thank you for rising from the dead so I know I have eternity where I can sing all kinds of hallelujahs. James 5.16, though, says this, therefore confess your sins so that you may be healed. That confessing part, that actually means healing, uh, restoring, cleansing. That's the upward part, but then he also says confess your sins to one another. So now let's talk a little bit about that second part. Because Jesus, if you remember, after he rose from the dead, after he died, rose from the dead, before he ascends into heaven, he kind of walks through the doors to these, you know, like, like, I don't know how, but he's, he's going to these frightened disciples, and he's, he's telling them, peace be with you. And then he says these words from John chapter 20, verse 21 and 22. If you forgive anyone's his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Whoa. He gives every Christian an authority and a job to do. So what he didn't say, but what's implied in this verse, is that if we're called to forgive sins, well, what do we got to do first? What do we got to do first? We got to hear them. We actually got to confess, right? We got to confess and hear that sin in order for to be forgiven. I mean, it, it, When that happens, when we do that to one to another, it really connects us. It binds us together. When we confess as we did in church, it really, in essence, what we're doing together when that happens, it's saying this. I'm no better than you. The sin that entangles me might be different, but you also have sin. We're, we're, we're not better than each other. We're all like, we need a Savior. Who can say that? I, I need Jesus. You want to say that? I need Jesus. Jesus so we're gonna go back to this scene from this movie where you see the author Herman Melville asking this character to get the real story from him he's gonna first have to actually share a little bit about his life before he can hear a confession from the guy I love the the line in that about the devil you know how he loves unspoken secrets that's what the devil wants from us, not to confess, not to share. And you see this author, Herman Melville, kind of saying to this guy, you know what? We're all the same. I'm not any better than you are. We all got to take ownership, don't we, of what we've done and what we've left undone. If you're not a Christian here today, you not. You wouldn't say that you follow Jesus. I just want to tell you this. I'm speaking on behalf of all Christians. We are not perfect people Did you hear that Would you agree yes. We are not perfect we are imperfect but we are forgiven sinners pastors included in the book of James he's telling us that by confessing our sins to another one to another we're actually doing an act of faith we're doing an act of faith with other believers it's more just think about it's more than just thinking about our sins it's actually speaking them to God speaking them out loud and we're taking action on, action on it. I mean, here's the thing. When you can sit down with a trusted friend or a pastor or a spouse and you hear the words, you're forgiven for Christ's sake, it brings healing, doesn't it? It does. This is actually what James is getting at. When you actually sit face to face with somebody you offended and you can say, I am sorry. Please forgive me and you receive that, oh, that's just awesome. Book of James really is reminding Christians, no matter what church, no matter what denomination or congregation we belong to, this is what's going to happen. We're going to be hurt. We're going to hurt one another. We're going to fall. We're going to fail. We're going to be weak. But at the same time, the brothers and sisters that are in this place, God's family, we're here to share those burdens, aren't we? to confess to one another, to lift each other up, to pray for each other. Why? So that we may be healed, James says. You know, I I found this, that in belonging to a church, really just being a member of a church, more than any other organization or club or whatever, there's a redeeming and restoring quality that you don't find anywhere else. There really is. It's a place where we take care of one another. Despite all our issues, despite all our imperfections, the community of brothers and sisters around us to support, to pray for, this ongoing concern, this non-judgmental acceptance, words you are forgiven, have the power to heal this way. God gives healing this way through one another. Once you take a look at this last scene in the heart of this, the, the sea, it, it shows how confessing really brought healing to this man. It's a scene right after he makes kind of his full confession. So you see, he began healing. He experienced this freeing thing that, that happens when confession happens, when restoration happens. What is it that he confessed? Well, you're going to actually have to see the movie. It's PG-13. So I'm not going to tell you that. Uh, but it's, it's really a good, I think, you know, what better way to just explain to you by visually how you feel. Here's what I believe Uh, after confession what I believe about our church I think our church is a safe place to bring your confessions to to bring your hurt to I've experienced it firsthand I experienced it a group of men just three of us that meet together I've experienced it with my wife in a small group if you're not in a small group would you consider that because really in that context, I mean, both vertical relationship with God and that cleansing comes, but also this connection of cleansing comes with others, and it's a beautiful place. Members of the body of Christ can be Jesus' hands and feet to everyone. Not only do you experience that in, in, in a small group, maybe you're not in one, and maybe you just have something that, that, that's in you that you've never confessed. Well, guess what? That confessional booth's not far off because there's offices of Pastor RJ, Pastor Tony, and Pastor Cho. And you can come to us at any time. And we don't tell one another what's been spoken in the office. We don't tell our spouses. We don't tell staff. It's between you and God and the vow that the pastors take. So please, if you want to come in, that open door, it's an invitation. It's a safe place for all. To just let it out. If you've never done it, try it. You see, I think this church is a community. That helps us not to be alone. Through life 's joys and life 's struggles, we can share burdens, we can lift each other up in prayer, and we can be healed. Now there's two words that uh, I think don't come easily, that we don't speak very much, and I'd like to leave those words with you, these two sentences, not two words, but two sentences. Uh, with you as we leave because it is so therapeutic. I think it's cleansing. Those words are, I'm sorry, and I forgive you. I'm sorry, and I forgive you. When we say that to a spouse, when we say that to parents, we say it to our children, to a friend, to a pastor, and you hear these words, you are forgiven because of what Jesus has done. I forgive. I'm going to try my best to forget, and we're going to do a new day. I mean, it's just awesome. How many of you experienced that? How many? I mean, how good is that? When you come into church, you just experienced it corporately, right? And we do this together. Guess what happens? I love it. It makes us one. It connects us. We agree together that we need Jesus. You agree with that? We need Jesus? I mean, confessing confessing our sins upward cleanses, outward connects, it brings healing. So thanks be to Jesus, who's the reason, who's the reason that God offers us forgiveness and healing when we make that confession. Can we use this song, stand up, use this song as we leave this place. Let's make that our prayer. Father, make us one as it relates to confession, as it relates to a church community, as it relates to one another, make us one.